the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Welcome to Inside the Jets, Eric Allen, and we got a couple debuts here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Ethan Greenberg makes his first appearance on Inside the Jets, and Bryce Petty joins us as well. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. Hello, hello. I just want to be known real quick. I understand I have big shoes to fill in Bart Scott, but between Bart and I, we have a combined 732 tackles in the NFL. That's impressive. Hey, we're still waiting on the first touchdown, though. Well, yeah, that's okay. Well, you got a better quarter zip game, I, I, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I, I, thank you. Thank well, you. I appreciate off, that. first off, our player guest segment here on Inside the Jets is presented by M&T Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Uh, Bryce was actually interviewed by the aforementioned Ethan Greenberg already today, and uh, you did like the sweater, huh? I did. I did. <laughs> I had to ask where he got it. Yeah. It was uh, just a little tidbit from my wife. Hey, man, if you want to go to, is it Banner Republic, right? Banner, and yep, they're having back. a sale? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's two for two, for so, sure. So, he's, got a good me- he's got a good memory. <laughs> so, so a fan of Banana Republic. Okay, so Bryce Petty, you make your first start of the 2017 season against the New Orleans Saints. You come back to the facility on Monday. You watch the film. What did you see? Yeah, you know, I saw some good things. And, and uh, you know, even after the game, you know, I felt good about it from a, from a standpoint of the, the mental aspect growing as a quarterback. You know, I knew, it, it, you know, everything that I saw – I knew what I was seeing from a game plan, um, execution-wise, and and that's really, you know, growth from you know first year to second year to third year. You know, I felt really good about. You know, there's some little things here and there that we can clean up. Obviously, uh, you know, I can make those throws, make the throws, you know, to the outside, and so those are things that, you know, it took me a little while to to go to sleep last night. You know, knowing knowing that I missed those, but again, easy corrections, and uh, really felt good about it. How'd you feel going into? Sunday's game this year compared to your first career start last year like take us through your mind what are you thinking how are you preparing differently from year two to year three yeah well you know I think it's different for everybody I think for me um, definitely one of those guys that that uh, experience is is a big part of my confidence so you know last year it was I was like man this is this is NFL you know and and whether it was the Rams or you know I remember playing against the Rams in Pee Wee, you know and so <laughs> just to, to go out there on Sunday and know you're going to play the Rams is was a crazy feeling. So there was a lot of nerves in there and not really knowing what to expect. So so this year going to the Dome and playing Drew Brees, you know, we, we had some nerves. But at the same time, um, I knew what to expect. And uh, I knew that I could – I knew I could play. So, um, you know, I think confidence is, is, is uh, has grown just as much as anything else. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Responses, everything. Eric Allen with Ethan Greenberg and Bryce Petty. Speaking of responses, everything, I like the start of your game because they sent a pressure on you and you converted – with the first down, hot read to Austin Safarian Jenkins. Huh? That's right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, it was kind of cool because at the same time, you know, you, you practice plays during the week, um, and and not to say that 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 um, you have routes or that you put things in plays to be uh, ghost routes, if you will. Um, but that was one of those routes that really wasn't supposed to be my read. Um, and you know, it was me and Austin just being on the same page and making a play. How does the relationship between yourself and offensive coordinator John Morton change once you're named the starting quarterback of the Jets? 
Yeah, well, I mean, he calls me Josh a lot more, um, you know, so I think that we, I guess that's a compliment. Um, great looking dude, great hair. So uh, that's always a good thing. But yep. uh, Bart Scott was very impressed with the Josh McCown's hair. Yeah, yeah, shoot. I think a lot of people are, um, you know, but I think at the, at the same time, um, you know, he's talking directly to you more, you know, and, and there's that um, that coach player relationship that when you're the guy. Um, you know, things kind of flow through you, you know, when you're back up, it's, it's okay. What is Josh like, you know, and then now it's what's, what do I like? So you talked about it, uh, before we came on air, you said, uh, my arm felt a lot differently last week because you didn't get a lot of reps at practice prior to the start against the saints. Of course, you came into the game and relieved Josh McCown against the Broncos, but how many reps were you getting at practice prior to last week and how many times? Did you throw the ball last week entering that ball game? Right, yeah. I, I Shoot, man. I, it's crazy how when you take mental reps, you don't get tired. And I don't know <laughs> what, what that is. But, uh, yeah, you know, when, um, when I got out of last week, I was like, man, you know, my arm's kind of sore. It's a good feeling. You know, it's a good sore. But, um, yeah, you don't take many reps. Um, you know, and, and, and certain coaches, um, you know, have different ways. I know Chan, you know, last year and last year's last year. But, um, you know, he had, you know, a second string do a couple reps, you know, every, every now and then. So, um, that part was different, but you know, this year with this staff, uh, it was all Josh. So I, I hadn't taken many reps since, um, you know, really since preseason. When you look at yesterday's game, something that you said post game that I wanted to bring up is you said the toughest thing for you to swallow was that the defense created three turnovers, but only three points were converted. So what's moving forward? What does the offense need to do in order to turn turnovers into points? Yeah, you know, it's just it's just capitalize on those on those moments. You know, we can't. Uh, Especially when, you know, turnovers in this league are few and far between. And with that group, you know, in New Orleans, man, they're, they're a really stout group on offense. And so when you get those turnovers, you got to capitalize on it. And, you know, it really is just maintaining our focus, um, you know, with, with sudden change, you know, sudden change of a turnover and, and being able to, to capitalize. So we just got a, a small focus and execute each play. What do you think about the fight, the resiliency of the team yesterday against the Saints? No moral victories inside the locker room, but uh, frankly, a lot of people didn't give you a chance to be on the same field in the fourth quarter, and you guys are sitting there 24-19 uh, uh, very late in that ball game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I was telling you earlier, uh, earlier today, you know, re resiliency is a, is a term that I think is kind of lost in society today. And I think that that's, you know, if a, if a team is char characterized by, you know, the word resiliency, I think you got a great team, uh, at least something to build around, you know. So, um, you know, obviously, no, no, no moral victories at all. But at the same time, man, when you have fight and you have grit, uh, you know, within your locker room, that's definitely something to build around and, and something to hold on to because, um, you know, victories, wins, you got to take them how you can get them. And, and even if it is, hey, man, we fought hard. You know, uh, like you said, there, there wasn't a whole lot of people that gave us a chance, but that doesn't matter to us, you know. And so when you go in there and you have that mindset and then you know you're going to have fight, you're going to have grit, that's how you pull out games. Just jumping off that point is what is it about this team that is resilient, that has that grit? Because when you look at the losses, the average loss for this year's team outside of – the Broncos game and week two in Oakland is seven points. So you're in every ball game. What is it about this team that's so resilient? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you just hit it on the head. I mean, it's ex it's the experience of knowing that, man, we're in every game. You know, when when everybody was saying, you know, preseason that we wouldn't win a game and then you come out and, you, and you're in every game until the last couple of drives um, or a drive or two there within the game that it's really a difference. Um, that's what creates that resiliency is because you know it comes down to the fourth quarter in this league. It doesn't matter who you are. Any, any Sunday is, is any given Sunday, um, you know, so, so anybody can win. What were the Saints doing defensively? You said uh, 
uh, in the back end, they're playing the pass a little bit, and they were giving up the run to you guys. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, first half, that's really what was, what was happening. You know, they were, they were playing off and, and uh, a little bit more zone than I had, than I had anticipated. Because you know? everybody thought a lot of man coverage because that's what we saw from the Saints against Atlanta. And yeah. Matt Ryan and those good receivers, they, they manned up on offense. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I see you watching your film too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I no, break that's, it down. That's what we thought too. So, you know, you just got to everything. And that's what's funny is, is no matter how much you prepare um, for a team that can come out Sunday and be totally different. And so you have to be able to adjust and – um, you know, I thought our guys did a great job. And, and when we really pound the football and we get behind those big guys up front, you know, our offense is, is wide open at that point. And so, um, you know, we just got to stick with that um, and, and continue to do a good job. And those guys do a great job week in and week out. Um, but, yeah, you know, the, the Saints came out with a little bit different game plan, had to tweak a little bit. Um, but like you said, man, it was, it was a game right there in the, until the end. So, Just touching on one of the running backs, Eli McGuire had that beautiful catch down the sideline. What, what have you seen from him? And secondly, is you have three running backs that can all catch the ball out of the backfield. How does that help you? Yeah, you know, first off, Eli's a stud, man. I, you know, I, I really enjoy playing with him and, and enjoy watching him, really. I mean, it's been since day one on the field. Uh, he's been a pro, been a pro about, you know, his practice habits and, and who he is each and every day that he comes in the locker room. Um, and then, you know, on the field, he's just a, he's a matchup problem. You know, he's, he's quick and shifty, but he doesn't look quick and shifty, which is, you know, is tough. So, uh, but yeah, man, when you got three, three running backs, they can catch the foot or the, the, the ball of the backfield. It makes our job a lot easier. One with check downs, but two, you know, as much man, uh, coverage as, as, as the NFL is, um, most of the time, those are your matchups of those running backs coming out of, of the backfield. So, you know, with BP and Forte and Eli to, to complement, it's, it's, it's a good backfield. Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Bryce Petty is our guest on Inside the Jets. What was your favorite pass against the Saints? Because I look back when you guys are clawing and scratching, trying to get back into that ball game, and you're throwing up the sideline to a tight window to a rookie from <laughs> California, Chad Hansen. That was a high of play. Uh, yeah, it was a great catch, unbelievable catch. And, and to be honest, it, as soon as you said what was your favorite pass, that was, that was the first thing that popped in my head just because that was, you know, it was a cover two ball. And, and you know, we had talked about it last week about, you know, pumping the seam and then going outside. And, and it just kind of resonated with me a little bit through the week. It's like, man, I want to hit this ball. And, uh, and, and so it, it presented itself in the game. Um, and Chad did a great job of taking the outside releases, what you tell the, the you know, receivers in cover two, and took an outside release and kept going and, um, and made a, a, a great catch. Really what's, did. What's the one thing when you look at the film outside of footwork, because you already told that to me earlier, what's something that you say, that's the thing I want to focus on this week throughout practice and execute it on Sunday against the Chargers? Uh, well... You kind of took it out. I mean, uh, the, the footwork is a big thing. But at the same time, I think, I think just seeing the whole field, you know, there was one play that really hit me. Um, and and uh, not that I had a sour taste in my mouth, but it was, a, it was the, right after the pick that Leonard got. Right. Um, and we had um, – I threw uh, – it was like a bunch set to the right through the, the play – I mean, uh, the ball to Chad. The very next play um, – they, they showed a cover zero look, and then they got out of it. But I was kind of interested in, in audibling um, and not really looking at the defense. And so all that to say that I just really want to see the field, um, see the whole field, and, and not get rushed or enamored by what the front looks like um, or what I'm thinking in my head and just, and just take a deep breath and, and, and make sure that, you know, as the ball is being snapped um, from pre-snap to post-snap, it's the same picture in my head. Well, we're off to a good start here with Bryce Petty. The good thing is uh – 
you're going to be back for another segment here on Inside the Jets. So we'll be right <laughs> back here from Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Welcome back to Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen alongside Ethan Greenberg and Bryce Patty. Fans, Jets House is around the corner. Players for the 2018 Jets House have just been announced, including Demario Davis, Marcus May, Buster Screen, and Muhammad Wilkerson. Join current players and Jets legends on January 27th and January 28th at Spin New York, presented by a Green Giant. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, visit NewYorkJets.com slash Jets House. Bryce, we were just talking about it before. The L.A. Chargers, we got to get used to saying that. I'm so accustomed <laughs> to saying the San Diego Chargers. The L.A. Chargers played against the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday night. You watched the ball game, the tape of that today. What did you see from them defensively as you start your preparation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, really what you're doing is just you're trying to get a feel for them, you know, who they are. Are they one high? Are they two high? Are they like to play zone, man? Do they blitz? You know, that kind of thing. So it's not a whole lot of in-depth study at that point. It's just really good to know them. Um, you know, so kind of crazy, but, but what I saw, they, they like to play a lot of zone, you know, like to play a lot of zone. And then, you know, personnel, I think they got some injuries up, uh, you know, in their back end. So, uh, we'll see, you know, as, as preparation goes on, especially tomorrow when I get a, you know, dive in, uh, get a better feel for them there. All right, so can you just kind of take us through the rest of your week? You talk about it, you dive in a little bit today, more tomorrow, and then what? Yeah, yeah, and then we go to practice, you know. So, so Tuesday is kind of our day to come in, and, and we kind of have, not that we, we put our own game plan together, but we just, hey, this is what we like, this is what we're seeing. Um, and you get with a couple of players, and that, that's always fun. And then, you know, Wednesday is when you really dive in. That's your long day, and that's, that's the first install of, of this week's game plan. And that, when I ask what's funny about the NFL is every week's different. You know, whereas college, it's like this is who we are, this is what we're going to do. Um, in the NFL, every week is a new week, and, and you could be – not that you're going to have different, you know, schemes or whatever, but, um, you know, you, you, you figure out what they do, and you figure out what works uh, to be the best to get them. I really enjoy that, the way you just described that. So uh, take us into a few years back at Baylor, that offensive system you ran. Because I remember after you, the Jets drafted you in the fourth round, you came out and said, we really didn't have a playbook. Yeah. It, it, and, and now the playbook changes each week here depending on the opponent in the National yeah. Football League. Yeah, I tell you what, it's fun. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And 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 the, the, the I think the the or at least my favorite way to describe it was it, it was checkers back then and now it's chess, <laughs> right. you know. And so um and not to use that lightly, but uh what we did at Baylor worked. Um it was it was what uh got us touchdowns, it was what got us wins. And so never fight the system there. Um, and so up here, it's different. You know, you got defenses doing a whole lot of different schemes, different players. Um, you know, they can maximize uh, with, with, with scheme and with, with uh, you know, the, the, the players that they have. So um, it's, it's definitely, definitely fun to come up here, and it's like you're, you're really honing in on, on what football really is. How has the interaction changed with John Morton maybe – now compared to those first 12 weeks or so yeah well he's definitely talking to me a lot more <laughs> you know and uh and that's what's fun you know it's fun you know he's got a great background comes from a, a great lineup of, of coaches that he's worked under a lot of players that he's coached um and so you can see that with with how he is and how he coaches um you know so knows a lot a lot of football um and i love his system i really do it's it's a fun system and it's and it's something that i think you know, as, as any quarterback that grows up watching the league, you always hear about West Coast, West Coast, and, and it's, it's almost a bucket list thing to be able to say that you've played in the West Coast and, and learned at West Coast because it's a, it's a lot of volume. Um, but, but, man, I tell you what, when you throw it all across the yard, 
uh, and especially where he came from, you know, with the Saints, you know, you can see them do it uh, every yep. Sunday. So um, it's, it's a really fun, fun offense to be in. Rumor on the street is that certain play calls are sentences long. True or false? Yeah, that's true, man. It, it, they can be, they can be uh, lengthy, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> they can be paragraphs. Yeah, they Not can. Not sentences. Yeah, exactly. Paragraphs, yeah, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> they can. All right, so you talked about it a little bit just then. Is What specifically do you like about this West Coast offense and working with Johnny Moe in particular? Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, just the pedigree of what it is. And, and it, it allows you, as a quarterback, um, a lot of freedom, uh, for one. And then, two, everything has answers. You know, so whether, you know, they're playing man, they're playing zone, or one higher two, you know, everything has answers for, for what you're seeing, which is what you got to love. You know, and so now, you know, again, once you have the ability to throw the football, which everybody, if you're up here, you can. Now it's, it's can you, you know, diagnose and, and uh, you know, figure out what the defense is doing from a pre-snap standpoint and then get ready and execute post-snap. So I think that, again, this, this offense allows you to do that. And then with Coach Mo, um, you know, he just he brings a fire every day. You know exactly what you're going to get every day. Um, he's passionate about what he does. He's, he's got a lot of, of uh, you know, a lot of people told him he couldn't. And yeah. so it's, you know, I, and, and I love well, that. Well, he waited for his chance, right? He was 18 years or so and an NFL assistant before he got a chance to be the offensive play caller. Exactly, exactly. And you, and you could tell, I mean, every day that he comes in here, he grinds, you know, and he's in there a lot. Uh, and so as a player, you respect that. Um, but the, but for him to, to have waited that long uh, and, and get to this point now, he's definitely taking advantage of Did it. Did you get a chance to talk to Drew Brees at all after the games, after uh, Sunday's game? Because, you know, that's that TV shot that a lot of times <laughs> we see after the ball games, the two quarterbacks talking. Yeah, yeah, we did a little bit. We shared a little bit. Uh, uh, he came up and, and, you know, of course, was smiling when he walked up, which is, I mean, that's Drew. And uh, it was it was crazy to meet him. You know, I, I was two guys when I played, uh, you know, back in the day. I was either Brett Favre or Drew Brees. Was, those were my guys. So, to, you know, to play against him and, and uh, get to look over at him, uh, do his thing on Sunday and live, or, you know, live in person was, was really cool. But, uh, you know, he was just saying our Texas boys got to stay together. So making sure <laughs> yeah. everything was good. Yeah. yeah that, that's something, sorry, Greens. That's something that I asked you about uh, during offseason when you were learning this system because John – Morton came over from New Orleans. He had two stints under Sean Payton. He learned from John Gruden with the Oakland Raiders back in the day um, was that, hey, did you watch some film of Breeze while you started taking those beginning steps here? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and a, ton of our, a ton of our clips were of the Saints. Yeah? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and he's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch, you know, regardless. So it's fun to kind of be able to pair or, I guess, marry up you know, what he's doing because we have the same or at least similar offenses in some facets. When you go back to when John Morton was first hired, you get the playbook. What's your initial reaction? Because like you <laughs> said, it's lengthy. It can be paragraphs. It can be sentences. What is Bryce Petty's initial reaction? Yeah, it was funny because, uh, well, my initial reaction when I got it was, holy crap. But, uh, you know, I was sitting, I was sitting with, in the truck with my dad, and I was like, Dad, how in the heck am I supposed to learn this? You know, I'm like, I've got to carry it with two hands. And, uh, man, I'll never forget. He's just like, man, you just got to tackle one day at a time. One day at a time, and you'll be fine. And, uh, and it's funny how it works out. Inside the Jets is supported by Victoria Knox, Swiss Army, Eric Allen, Ethan Greenberg, and Bryce Petty here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Bryce, you said in the first segment that maybe you were a little bit anxious uh, against the Saints. Uh, what does that mean from a quarterback's perspective? Yeah, well, I think uh, just just nature of the position itself, um, 
you know, and I hate using the P word, and, and so it, perfect. You know, you got to whisper it, but no, but you want um, you want to be as successful and as productive as you can because if you're not, then your offense struggles. It's directly through you. It's almost like you know, if a pitcher uh, doesn't do well in an outing, you know, it's the the ERA is up there, sure. and so. So as a as a quarterback, you want to be successful, you want to be productive, and you want to – you've had a good week of preparation, you've had a good week of practice, and so you just want to put it out there for your guys. Uh, and I think that's the toughest part about this position is, um, you know, from, from the locker room perspective or the team perspective of what football gives you, um, those guys give so much, and you do as well. And so you just want to play well for them, um, you know, those guys in the locker room and on your, and on your team. So – um, it's just one of those deals that I, I don't think I, – I guess I've kind of always told myself today that I'm not anxious as the day I'll quit football. Yeah. You know? yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. Are there passes that when you look at uh, on film, you say from a quarterback, quarterback's perspective, like you said, I want to be perfect. Are, are there some throws in the NFL that you say you got to make 100 out of 100? Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's the, the part, you know, about, about Sunday that – the, the bitterness that I have is is there's a couple of those throws that you know are, you got to be a hundred of a hundred and and I wasn't you know I had uh, you know the the check down to Matt um, in the in the second quarter there uh, that I missed and then there was uh, you know on the uh, I guess the third or fourth drive um, or the yeah third drive down in the uh, down the red zone I missed Robbie on the right he motioned outside and I missed him um, you know you can't miss those throws you can't miss those throws and so. Um, you know, the, the whole thing about quarterback is being on a rhythm. And so a lot of times when, if you do miss those throws that you know you can knock down 100%, it just kind of throws things off a little bit. How was the communication yesterday between you and Wes Johnson? Because I would imagine, you know, 15th week in the season, it's a little late. Maybe things don't go as well. But to me, it seemed everything was working pretty much as expected. And Wes was one of the guys that when you were named starter, he said, listen, I'm really excited for Bryce this year, especially given what he did last year, now transferring it to 2017. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I paid Wes 100 bucks, so he should have said that. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I love Wes. And, and the whole <laughs> – I mean, I don't know if we could have, uh, have pulled a, a louder stadium for the first start, yeah. you know. And so – it's unbelievable how loud that place is. It, it got it got wilding out a couple of times. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it was it was loud like to the point where I couldn't hear myself think. You know, and that was probably one of the smiles that I got in camera. No, because it, it's so much of it is manufactured noise. It's not even the fans. It's just that the dome keeps everything <laughs> yeah. inside, and the music is so darn loud. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a party down there. I know it all is. about it. So, um, yeah, you know what? So that was that was fun. That was fun to. To, you know, again, you know, another thing to check off your your, your checklist there of, of places to play because you always hear about how loud the dome is. And especially, you know, this year with the Saints rocking, you know, how they are, um, you know, that was going to be a challenge for us. And I thought they handled it really well. What's uh, the biggest lessons uh, watching Josh McCown you were able to absorb this year? Yeah, I think just from, from an everyday, day in, day out, what is it like being a professional starting NFL quarterback? You know, I think that guy, from a preparation standpoint, from a Wednesday practice, Thursday practice, walkthroughs, everything he did was on a on a on another level, and and you see that uh, in his play. He had a, a fantastic year, and man, I I'm telling you, my heart just broke. You know, knowing that that he broke his hand and 
as soon as he went down, I was like, you okay? And he said, I, just, I think I just broke my hand, you know. So um, immediately my heart sank for that. But, um, you know, being able to just watch him and sit back and, and how he, uh, you know, he's, he really is a coach out there. Um, well, what was he doing on Sunday? Because yeah, he, exactly. he had the player coach responsibilities. Exactly, exactly. And I don't really know what that title means. <laughs> I don't think he does either. But, um, you know, it, it was great to have him out there. It really was because yeah. I think a lot of people, um, you know, in that situation, you know, you got – family holidays, whatever, you've just had, you know, 13 weeks of, of really fantastic football and then go down like that. A lot of people probably bug out, you know, and the fact that he wanted to be down here, he wanted to help, uh, it means a lot. And it shows a, a lot about who he is on and off the field. What's the difference in relationship between yourself and Josh on game day, specifically just talking about yesterday when he was the player coach mm -hmm. compared to your relationship with, let's say, Jeremy Bates on a game day? Yeah, you know what, the, the, the good thing about, um, you know, both of those guys is they're on the same page and they've been on the same page. You know, they were together in, in Chicago, Chicago right? yeah. And so they kind of know how each other operate, how each other thinks, and that's a big thing. You know, when, when you have, um, you know, not necessarily the camaraderie, but when you have that relationship of, of kind of being on the same page, you know how uh, to handle each other game day, you know, because some people are different. You know, some people get, you know, really hot. Some people are just even flow, you know, I don't want to be talked to, whatever, you know. So um, they, they did a great job of just kind of, uh, of gelling um, and, and figuring out, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we can combat it with and, and how to adjust. You know what I love about Jeremy Bates, the Jets quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator John Morton is, you just mentioned it, their enthusiasm for the game, their passion for the game. They're out there going 100 miles per yeah. hour every hour of the day, and I think that's infectious. I, it really is. It really is. Because you know, you know what you're going to get when you walk in the building, and that's a big thing. Um, you know, everybody's a professional. Everybody has, um, you know, things outside the building. But when you come in the building, you know it's time to go to work because these are these guys are going to go to work. You know, and so, uh, man, I tell you what, man, just just the football IQ that I've I've learned from uh, an off season with with Coach Bates, um, and and seeing him in season and how he attacks, uh, you know, third downs and how he attacks just the the overall new game plan for each week. Um, it, it really that dude's a good coach. He really really is. To me, the chemistry on this team seems off the charts because you talked about it. Josh breaks his hand and your heart sinks and you're about to go in and have mm -hmm. your first taste of the season. And no matter really what's transpired throughout the season, it always seems like every player on this team is playing for each other. They're going 100%. The effort's there. From your perspective, being inside that locker room, what is the chemistry like of this team? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not fake. I promise you that. It's, it's about as genuine as it can possibly be. Um, I, I think everybody uh, within that locker room, you know, would, would give anything to, to, to anybody else that needed it, you know, and, and that's what you got to have. You know, uh, football is a fun game. Um, it's a tough game. It's a really tough game. And every Sunday, um, you know, a win's a win. But when you know that you are fighting your butt off for that guy next to you, um, you know, whether he's on offense, defense, special teams, second string, third string, it doesn't matter. Um, that's, what, that's what makes, you know, the good teams great teams. You've been in Christian Hackenberg's shoes before. You've been the guy who's a play away. Um, how have you seen him improve on the practice field, also in the meeting room, and um, – What's your relationship like with him? Yeah, well, I really can't stand the guy. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, man, Hack's great. Hack's great. And, and uh, I tell you what, he is, um, you know, there's a lot of people that would have gotten a lot of different, uh, I guess, routes 
um, being in the situation that he was in in preseason and, you know, how it transpired. But I tell you what, man, the kid's, the kid's resilient. The kid's positive. And uh, he's a joy to be around. And, um, you know, from – from being inside the, uh, you know, just the quarterback meeting room to practice. And then, you know, we, that whole 13 weeks, we were switching, um, you know, reps at scout team, and it was a competition for us. You know, we would go completions, completions, completions. When you threw an incompletion, you came out. Um, and it got heated a couple times. You know, yeah? I, didn't, I didn't talk to him for a while. So, um, you know, he's a great kid, man, and he's, he's got a lot of football ahead of him. This past weekend, you have family down in Louisiana. I don't know if a lot of people know that you're a Texas boy. Who was down there? How many people were down there? I know last time when you spoke to the media, you said it was about 15 and counting. Yeah, it was. It ended up probably about 25 people. Um, yeah, it, it was crazy. Uh, but, yeah, so it's it's not Louisiana. It's Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. get it right. Yeah, or, or, or you can, can you call it the boot? Yeah, or you can call it boot. Or the boot. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, huh, yeah. Can yeah. I call it Nolens, or do I have to be from down there to say that? I, well, you know what? Yeah, that's out of my pay grade. It's New Orleans. That's what people – well, that's well, for people who don't. Yes. Knowledge. Right, but I didn't say that. No. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, you had a big family representation yeah. last week, but you got some yeah. folks coming to MetLife Stadium, too. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, mom, dad, and my sister are coming up, and and that's been a blast. You know, they they came up for Thanksgiving, too, and um, the, the football holidays are always kind of funny, and we've been on that route. Uh, you know, luckily, I was blessed enough to play right down the road at Baylor, which is about an hour from home, so, you know, we'd have practice, and I'd check on down, but... Now being a you know plane ride away, uh, it makes it a little bit different uh, or difficult. But they always seem to find a way to get up here, which is which is awesome. And lastly, Bryce, how much would it mean for this team to finish with a winning record at home, secure a fifth victory at MetLife Stadium, to close out the home slate? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's 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 so much more than than just these last two games. You know, for us, it's it's about finishing. It's about uh, you know we had our backs against the wall from the very get go, and I think that's something that really brought us together. And so. Uh, what better way to, to, to end it than, than go out and met life with a win? Well, Bryce, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Inside Thanks the Jets. For yeah. We'll be right back. For me. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen and Ethan Greenberg here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park. You can subscribe to the official Jets podcast to hear tonight's show with Bryce Petty in its entirety, commercial free. And be sure to catch myself and Ethan Greenberg. For this week's Jets-Chargers game preview, we're joined, as always, by Chad Pennington and former Chargers center and color analyst Nick Hardwick as he gives us some insight on the Bulls as they travel to MetLife Stadium for the final home game for the Green and White in 2017. Greens, I can't believe it. We're already here, the final home game of the 2017 season. I know. Season. It's, uh, it really flies by, and I, I honestly, I can't wait. It's going to be a nice Christmas Eve day. This Sunday, and then soon before we know it, it's going to be the offseason. Well, you know, what the Jets have, and we talked to Bryce Petty about this, is the Jets have played with tremendous energy at home. You really think about uh, the way they played at the Met this year, they could be undefeated. I mean, you look at the games they've lost. It was New England Patriots, tight game in the fourth quarter. They had a lead on Atlanta. They had a lead on Carolina. Um, right now, four and three. You could be looking easily at a 6-1 and one mark, let's say that. And at MetLife Stadium, it's apparent that the Jets' defense comes out extremely fast, and they're extremely energetic. We knew that both sides of the ball, really. And I said this before, but outside of weeks 2 and 14, the Jets have lost by an average of 7 points. And you mentioned that the Jets have played the Patriots, the Falcons, the Panthers. That's three quarters of the Super Bowl teams from the past two seasons. This Jets defense and the offense really seem to perform well. It's just 
on the road. That's the next step for this Jets team. Yeah, and I thought they, they showed the fight. They battled against the New Orleans Saints. A lot of things to build off of. I like the takeaways. I didn't think going into the game that, hey, they're going to come in that kind of quantity. When you go against a Drew Brees who entered that ball game in week 15 with just six interceptions, that you have an opportunity to get a pick. But Xavier Cooper, inside rush, forces an errant throw by Drew Brees, and Leonard Williams made a heck of an interception. Then in the second half, then later in the ball game, the Jets took points off the board. You got Jamal Adams with a big-time hit, Jordan Jenkins recovering a fumble, and then Buster Screen, who I thought played fantastic against the Saints, who I continue to think... He's one of your favorite guys. Well, he's played very well over the course of the last three or four games. He's been one of the better Jets. He made an unbelievable individual effort. He got beat on a play, didn't give up, forced a fumble, and he recovered the change. The Saints coming into yesterday's game were tied for fourth in the NFL in giveaways, and the Jets had three yesterday. Yes, that's very impressive. And then you tweeted this yesterday. I thought it was really funny. Is Who won that pool? Leonard Williams picking off Drew Brees for his first career interception. And really what goes unnoticed is that when you watch the replay, Leonard Williams tries to get by one of the Saints' offensive linemen. He can't do it, so he starts he to blocks. drop back. Yes. So he starts uh, to he drop, drop back, drop and then back Xavier Cooper knocks Drew Brees, and Leonard's there to pick it off, sets the Jets up on the Saints' 11-yard line. Well, that was the other thing that was impressive about uh, Sunday's ball game. Again, no moral victories. The Jets are 5-9. and nine. They're missing the playoffs for a seventh consecutive year, but defensively, you went into that ball game without Muhammad Wilkerson. And Leonard Williams went out with a concussion. He was a concussion protocol. Then you got you guys contributing like Xavier Cooper up front. And before the dam broke on Mark Ingram's 50-yard yep. run that made it 31-19 to in the fourth quarter, I had the Saints with 81 yards rushing on 27 attempts. That's three yards of carry. And coming into yesterday's game, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram – you could say are the best duo in the NFL in terms of the running back. Position. Ty Bowles said it. They, they are the best it. duo. Ingram. And after watching him in person, I would echo those sentiments. Because the thing about Kamara is he's not even like a running back. He's just a weapon, period. Yeah, yeah he can run it up the gut, but he can line up in the slot. He can go outside. He can do everything on a football field. Mark Ingram averaged 5.1 yards per carry entering Sunday's ball game, And Kamara, 7.0, that leads the NFL. And to hold those two guys to three yards of carry through four quarters is very impressive. And, yes, the Jets' defense had that break in the end. But outside of that, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were essential non-factors after Ingram's initial 54-yard screen. Yeah, and, but, and, you know, to be fair, we can't say – Non-factor because he had 80 yards but, versus but even the first limited. quarter. They were limited, and the Jets did a good job uh, against that pair. Uh, Breeze, at the end of the day, got his numbers. It's tough to hold a guy down like that. Guy's going to become the NFL's all-time passing yardage leader in 2018. Offensively, I thought the Jets got the run game going at times. We talked to Bryce Petty about Eli McGuire. We're seeing contributions from different guys. Seven players had receptions from Petty yesterday. Well, talking about the run game for a second there, is on the Jets' first scoring drive, it was 12 plays, 75 yards. Ten of those plays came on the ground, and, of yep. course, it resulted in a Bilal Powell touchdown 
which really set the Jets up early. And not only that, but it took seven minutes off the clock. And the more Drew Brees is on the sideline, the better chance you're going to have to win. We didn't talk to Bryce about this, but he is a tremendous long ball thrower. Mm -hmm. um, and the couple times that he had the opportunity to th get it down the field against the Saints, he connected the one to Eli McGuire. And then we think about the other one up the opposite sideline to Chad Hansen late in the game. I'm going to be interested to see if the Jets are able to open it up a little bit more against the Chargers team who is still in the playoff hunt. You talk about Eli McGuire there for a second. Is That's another Louisiana boy. He played his college ball at Louisiana Lafayette. He said he played at the Superdome three out of the four years that he was a part of the Raging Cajuns. And oddly enough, or ironically enough, is McGuire told me before the game on Friday that his daughter turned six months to the day on game day. So that's a nice little tidbit there. And for it, Eli uh, McGuire scoring his first career receiving touchdown, his daughter turns six months old on the same day. Nice job. So a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple bits of news uh, coming from the Jets today. They waive veteran Jeremy yep. Curley. Um, he played eight games for the Jets, the first eight games this season. He had 22 receptions. He was also the team's primary punt returner, but uh, the green and white part ways here on Monday. Jeremy Curley joined the team September 5th of 2017. He was actually inactive for week one because he barely had a cup of coffee in this system with John Morton that we talked about, and Bryce Petty said how complex it can be. And in the early part of the season, Curley was – an important part of this offense and he, especially on uh, yeah, thir especially yep. on third down and uh, him and Josh McCown had a streak they were like a, 21 of 21 yeah 21 targets 21 yep. completion so Curley did provide um, a veteran presence and he was productive with that being said this means more opportunities for a guy like a developing Chad Hansen yep. who we continue to see come on and our Darius Stewart as well well those two guys from the beginning of the season, Todd Bowles said, those two guys will come. And in the in the first, I'd say, five or so weeks, it was predominantly Jermaine Curse, Robbie Anderson, and Jeremy Curley because those guys needed time to digest everything. And Bowles, Bowles said that later on in the season, they're going to have their chances. They're going to have their opportunities. And so far, they've shown some things. They've flashed. But this is really a nice little slate for both Hanson and Stewart who have, I'd say, alternated time as the predominant third option for the Jets team. All right, we're going to break down the New York Jets clash with the L.A. Chargers on Christmas Eve mm -hmm. when we come back. From Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits, you're listening to Inside the Jets. Welcome back to Inside the Jets. Eric Allen here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park, joined by Ethan Greenberg of NewYorkJets.com. Ethan, uh, speaking of uh, FanDuel fantasy analysis, what I would advise folks who are playing this week and looking at some Jets is how about the Jets running backs? Because I look at this Chargers defense and say they've been susceptible to teams rushing the football. And not only that, but this upcoming Sunday, EA, is the championship in fantasy football for the majority of leagues. Tonight marks the end of the semifinals. So if anyone is playing next Sunday, congratulations. But if you're looking at these Jets running backs, I mean, Nick Hardwick said this on the official Jets podcast earlier today, and that will be on your phone if you want it. In a couple days is... You can get on SoundCloud. You can get, you can get on, on Service. Whatever, surface, whatever, you, whatever you want to do. We got options. That's, that's the moral of the story here. But he said that the Chargers ran a lot of dime packages against the Kansas City Chiefs and the 
the Chiefs said, okay, well, if you're going to put a lot of corners out there, we're just going to run it. And conversely, Kareem Hunt had 155 yards on the ground. Yeah, and Bilal Paul got into the end zone, his fourth yep. rushing touchdown of the season against the New Orleans Saints. Eli McGuire, like we mentioned before, in his first receiving touchdown. Yep. Of the year. But not only that, is these guys, like we talked about before, they're receiving threats as well, so that only helps your fantasy. Yeah, but, but you know what? And I get asked this all the time. A couple times I've been on uh, uh, some serious fantasy programming, and folks ask me, what running back should I start this <laughs> week from the Jets' backfield? And I say, I don't really know because John Morton is an equal opportunity yep. employer. Uh, Bryce Petty threw the ball to seven different targets. Seven different tar uh, seven different receivers had receptions against the Saints, and then you never know who in the backfield for the Jets is going to have the hot hand. Well, the thing that makes it interesting is if you can predict who's going to score or who has the hot hand, then that's who you should go with. But other than that, you, you just you know flip a coin, but you can't really flip a coin because there are three options. So you got to pick a name out of a hat. But you talk about Petty completing different passes to different receivers. Someone I wanted to bring up is how about JoJo Natson? And I know he got promoted from the practice squad to the active roster. He's been the team's primary returner since. He's got wheels, okay? And we knew that coming in. And yesterday... A little end around. He had an end around, and he had a 19-yard reception, got out of bounds. And that's someone that the past couple of weeks John Morton has used not only as a decoy, but as a threat also. Robbie Anderson's also closing in on a thousand yards. Yep. Speaking about uh, speaking of individual milestones, Jets and Chargers on the other side of the ball, an improving secondary will face Philip Rivers after taking on Drew Brees and finishing it up with Tom Brady. It doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get easier, and we talked about this throughout the past couple weeks. But this is a tough test for the Chargers because they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. They need to win out the rest of the 2018 season, and they're coming all the way from L.A. So that's not an easy thing to do this late in the season, and they're coming off a loss in Kansas City. How are they going to respond? Nick Hardwick said that the team looked like a young team in Kansas City, so I'm really curious to see how the Chargers respond, especially when you think about how this Jets team has played at home. And the Jets' defense, we talked about it, they have a tough test because you, you handle Drew Brees, in New Orleans. Chargers look a little bit banged and then you up, get though. Philly. Uh, yeah, well, and then you get uh, Philly Rivers. How, how's uh, Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen is someone that's been often injured throughout his right. career. But when healthy, he's a top receiver and in football. And, and, and this that, year, he showed it. And then the Jets have to keep uh, Melvin Gordon in check because yep. he's a guy who Anthony Lynn likes to give the football to Russian. But uh, Phillip Rivers also going to be throwing the football to him as well. When I look at the Jets right now, um, People at home are saying, okay, five and nine, seventh consecutive season without a playoff berth. And, and that is accurate. But what I'm seeing from the Jets defensively, I really like because you have pillars at all three levels. I think about Leonard Williams up front along that defensive line. You're seeing Darren Lee continue to progress. The secondary has you very excited right now, Greens, with Jamal Adams yep. and Marcus May, who are interchangeable. They can do a lot of things on the football field, and it means so much to them. I think the second, uh, the defense as a whole is coming into its own right now. And I'm going to be very interested to see what they do this week against a, some, at, a, at times an explosive Chargers offense. These last three weeks of the NFL season, when you look at it, 
the Jets' defense has Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, and Tom Brady. And this is a very good test for this Jets' defense, especially because of what you just said. The Jets have shown flashes, and they're close in certain degrees. I love what you said when you said they have pillars at each layer of the defense. Well, how about this? And those guys aren't going away. They're only going right. to get better. Exactly. Leonard, Leonard Williams is only going to get better. So is Darren Lee, and so are the safeties. The Saints were 3 of 10 on third down yesterday. And I know Drew Brees and the Saints on the year were 18 in third down percentage. But here's the thing is that that Saints offense is a beast. Okay? So the Jets did a good job, simply put. Jets, uh, Chargers, holiday special. Uh, Jets have a chance to move to 5-3 and three at MetLife Stadium this weekend. It's going to be a fun one. And I'm very interested to see how Bryce Petty performs Me in too. his second start of the 2017 season. Todd Bowles made it clear today that he is the guy the rest of the way for Ethan Greenberg. Thanks to Bryce Petty. We'll see you next week on Inside the Jets.